I need to admit that I'm not into animal cruelty, but we have to beat this dead horse that is the Julio Jones trade to the Tennessee Titans. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13 and on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there. How is everybody doing? It is Monday, June 6th. (laughs) June 7th, my bad. Uh, The June 6th updates of ADP depth charts. Uh, rookie Dynasty Guide, or list. It's really a list. Uh, those all went out today. I sent those out, so everybody that subscribes, uh, check your mailboxes. They're all in one nicely wrapped email. Um, Julio Jones, over the weekend, got traded to the Tennessee Titans from, of course, the Atlanta Falcons. Um we're going to go over a little bit of news and notes here first. There's a couple of things going on uh, within the league. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and break this down. Um, this was, you know, this was one of the more obvious spots for him to go. But we need to take a look and see how this is really going to affect uh, the players on both the Titans and on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, take a look at the ADPs. Take a look at the depth charts. Um and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit into the strength of schedule chart charts, plural. Um, even though they're not out yet, I do have the schedules done, uh, so we can kind of go through it week by week and take a look at these players as well. So uh, let's take a look here. Jawan James, uh, the uh, right tackle for the Denver Broncos, who was released. Uh, towards Achilles tendon. He actually signed with the Baltimore Ravens two year, three and a half point, three and a half point. Good God. $3.5 million contract. Uh, he's also filed a grievance against the Denver Broncos. Um, good luck with that. You're not going to win that because, uh, your, uh, <clears throat> players association said that if you get hurt outside of team facilities, the team is not responsible. So good luck, good luck, good luck on that one. Uh, head coach Bruce Arians and uh, GM Jason Lick of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They both uh, got extended, got raises. Um, here's a good one. Uh, so the Ravens extended... Uh, Gus Edwards with a two-year, ten million dollar um, contract. So he's signed through 2023. So he's going to be the yin to the yang. He's going to be uh, uh, RB one A or one B to J.K. Dobbins one A. 
Um, he's going to be the handcuff, man. He's going to be a handcuff for at least a couple of years unless he gets injured. So is what it is there. Let's see. X-Ravens safety. Tony Jefferson signed with the 49ers. Uh, it's not really all that great of a signing, except he could he could be of some help in uh, dime and quarter situations where they have more DBs out there. That's about all that is there. Um, and then Devontae Adams and all the other Packer wide receivers that sat out the vol- the voluntary uh, OTAs, they're expected to sign the uh, mandatory minicamp coming up here for the Green Bay Packers. So that's pretty much it. Um, everything's pretty much caught up on the depth charts through yesterday. Uh, anything that has come through today outside of the Julio Jones uh, trade, I took care of all that stuff before I got it all sent out. So you guys are all caught up. Um so let's go ahead. Let's take a look at the Tennessee Titans right now. Um, why I'm on their defense, I do not know. Um, first and foremost, when you look at the depth chart, if you look at the salary cap, they are negative. Uh, I believe they are actually the only team that is negative now. Uh, Chicago Bears um, with the Charles Leno um, release, that salary all took uh in effect uh the salary savings all took effect on the first so they're well above the cap now they can sign their rookie they can get their rookies all signed um but the Tennessee Titans right now are sitting at 9.1 million over the cap so that means they're going to have to get some contracts restructured here uh definitely uh, where that's going to come from, I cannot tell you, but uh, they got to do something within the remember the salary cap is all based off the top 51. So even though these teams have 90 players, not all of them are counted against the cap. Um, it's only the top 51 uh, uh, money makers, top contracts. Okay. So it is what it is there. Thank you, Starling Marte, for the home run. Um, but uh, let's take a look at the Tennessee Titans offense, and then we'll go over to Atlanta. Um, so Tennessee Titans, they get Julio Jones. We figured it might be one of the places that he could end up. Uh, he's going to line up across from A.J. Brown, um, which moves Josh Reynolds into the slot and really fucks up uh, rookie Des Fitzpatrick's chances of really making kind of an impact this year. Uh, unless we get some kind of an injury from Josh Reynolds. So um, on the, oh, my God, why did I take that away? On the Dynasty Rookie Rankings, let me put this up here real quick. I had him at 25th. Uh, I had him originally at 25. So he was right behind Rashad Bateman, Kenneth Gainwell, Mac Jones, and then it was Des Fitzpatrick. So I didn't move him because he's still in front of Rondell Moore, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond. Um, I think it's still a really good spot for him, okay? Um, What I said with the update was with the addition of Julio Jones, it really throws a wrench in the thought of Fitzpatrick making a dent this season. But a fellow wide receiver, Josh Reynolds, is a bust coming over from the Rams. Then he could have a better shot starting 
next season, starting in the slot. Uh, no rank movement here as I seemingly position him in a low enough spot as is. Um, while we're here, I'll give you... I did uh, put a little something for Trey Sermon. Uh, did not move him up. He's at 8th. This is completely off topic, but had him at 8th behind uh, Kyle Pitts 5th, Trevor Lawrence 6th, Devontae Smith uh, in Philly at 7, and then Trey Sermon at 8. I still think that was a rather really good spot that I put him in. Um, I said in the update I was already a bit higher than most on Sermon, so he is positioned in the rankings at his highest point already, even with the news that fellow running back Jeffrey Wilson will miss the next four to six months. So we talked about that. Uh, he's going to be completely backing up um, Raheem Mostert. I don't see him dropping below there. Uh, can he take the top spot with Mostert being there? Sure he can, but I think it's going to take a Raheem Mostert injury uh, to take that top spot, which is very, very possible. We have not seen Raheem Mostert stay healthy for a full season, uh, even half a season. So um, Trey Sermon... Uh, I uh, will give you my blessing wherever you take him. I will take a look at it. I believe he's in the sixth round. Actually, I should just look, just fucking look at it right now and give the guys, give everybody what it is, all right? God damn, you son of a bitch. Um, he is currently RB33. He's moved up one spot. He's moved up four picks to number 88. So that is a seventh-round pick. He will probably get up into the sixth round. Uh, back in six, somewhere in there, um, as training camps kind of unfold. But, I mean, if he sits there, in the se- if I'm wrong and he sits there in the seventh, uh, absolutely, we're going after him. Um, so, yeah, you're going to have A.J. Brown across from uh, Julio Jones, uh, Josh Reynolds. A.J. Brown is the number one, okay, Julio Jones being the number two. Uh, Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, is a little bit more um, – pass happy than say Arthur Smith was with his time in Tennessee. Now, does that mean that we're going to see quarterback Ryan Tannehill really start uncorking throws trying to hit 40, you know, touchdown passes? No. I mean, this offense clearly, clearly runs through Derrick Henry, at least for now until Derrick Henry starts breaking down. So um, still a run heavy offense. Uh, Ryan Tannehill should move up. He should actually move up a little bit more towards this more rightful place. Uh, Josh Reynolds knocked way the fuck down. I mean, Des Fitzpatrick is a rookie, so he was already going to go towards the back end of most of your redraft leagues if he was going to be slated as the the top slot wide receiver. Um, But A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, what do we do with them as far as ADP? I don't think in my whole heart of hearts that they move at all. There's a give and take with Julio Jones coming into this offense. Okay, We looked at A.J. Brown as being a definitive number one, meaning that he was going to get a huge amount of targets, right? With Julio Jones being the second man or the guy who should be second in targets instead of a guy like Josh Reynolds across from him. Those tar- that target share is going to come down a little bit. But the argument can be made that they're going to be more quality targets because the defense has to um, 
pay attention to Julio Jones being on the field as opposed to Josh Reynolds. So you can't really move two DBs over to cover A.J. Brown because if you do that, then you're going to leave Julio Jones on one-on-one coverage. Um, even if they, like, say, flow to safety in uh, zone coverage, right? Um, if they flow to safety over to help out on A.J. Brown, Julio's going to destroy that all day. He's just going to destroy it all day. Now, with Derrick Henry, who is a clear-cut, you know, number one RB, a workhorse, um, a bell cow, and a very good one, a one capable of getting 2,000 yards rushing. They have to account for that, too. So while I'm not going to be one of these guys that are going to say, we're going all in on Tennessee, we're going all in, we're going all in, we need to pay attention, we need to see where these guys are going in our drafts, and we will here in a second. And we need to decide, okay, if we start seeing this inf- this real influx in ADP where they <laughs> influx this real rise in ADP, especially for a guy like Julio Jones, which when you get a trade like this, those ADPs start to get pumped up, okay? Because it's a big name. Everybody knows who it is. So it tends to make them rise. So where are we willing? What What's the highest we're willing to take Julio Jones? What's the highest we're willing to take A.J. Brown? We already know Derrick Henry is going to be up there. He's a top half of the first round type guy. If you like Derrick Henry and you're in the top three picks, go ahead and take Derrick Henry. I don't really care. But you can draft some of these players way too high based off of trades, especially in best ball. Best ball, I, I, I guarantee it's going apeshit right now. The forgotten guy in this whole offense is going to be Anthony Ferkser. He's going to drop way down now. Would I grab him in best ball? Probably not, just to be completely honest. Can you? You know these things that run you know, 25 rounds? Sure, you can. I mean, somebody's got to draft him at some point in there, right? But as far as redraft leagues, are you going to go after Anthony Ferkser? No. Josh Reynolds? No. Des Fitzpatrick? No. A.J. Brown? Yes. Julio Jones? Yes. Ryan Tannehill? Sure. And Derrick Henry? And I guarantee you Ryan Tannehill's already, already being super inflated at the QB position. Um, let's take a look here. Derrick Henry, he's kind of been bouncing back and forth between the fifth overall pick and the fourth. Uh, but he did, he did finally knock, uh, Saquon Barkley down. Um, yeah, he moves him and Jonathan Taylor both moved, uh, Saquon Barkley down this week. So that's good to see Ryan Tannehill. Let's see where, what, what's going on now. These ADPs right now are before the Julio uh, Jones trade. Okay, there was some sniffs of this trade going to be happening, 
on Saturday, but it shouldn't have affected drafts uh, the draft ADP at all. Um, but we did see a rise with Ryan Tannehill moving up from QB 15 at pick 103 to QB 13, but only two spots up at 101. So his ADP has not risen yet. Where will he end up? He's probably going to start getting up ahead of Joe Burrow, maybe Matthew Stafford, and quite possibly Jalen Hurts. Because he does have some running ability, especially at the goal line, right, for touchdowns. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, If he sits down there, though, at about pick 100, um, that means that most of your redraft leagues, he's going to go in the double-digit rounds. He's going to go probably 12, somewhere in there. I think it's a, it's a good place to take a shot on him. I do. Um, but only if you're just kind of really waiting on quarterback and you let just about everybody um, get their starters. Maybe You know, you always have a couple of people that grab that backup quarterback because, you know, you got to have them. Um, so that is that. A.J. Brown still at wide receiver five. He actually dropped one spot from pick 19 to pick 20. So back into the second round, I can expect that to probably rise up a little bit. Now, if he will he get ahead of like say DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs? Time is going to tell. We'll get an indicator this week. Cuz like I said, right after a trade gets done, it's you start seeing it really kind of balloon up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. So he could get back up um, you know, mid round, uh, what pick eighteen somewhere in there, and maybe a little bit more. That means that you're going to get other guys to drop. So we have to see what happens, where the value is coming in there. Um, Julio Jones, uh, has stayed relatively stable at uh, wide receiver sixteen. Now he did go up a couple picks. He went from. Uh, overall pick 44 to overall pick 42. So that's a fourth rounder, uh, mid-range fourth. I'm expecting him probably within this next week to probably probably balloon up to about the 3-4 turn. So end of the third, beginning of the fourth. If he sticks in the fourth, I think it's okay. But if he starts jumping ahead of guys like, say, Robert Woods, uh, Mike Evans, C.D. Lamb, even Allen Robinson, if he gets up into that range, I'm probably going to pass off on Julio uh, and just go a different direction. Now, he is still in front of, like, say, a guy like Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, and Deontay Johnson. I'm probably, to just be honest, I'm higher on Cooper than I am on Julio Jones. It's just a better pass offense. So there's a lot of things that we're going to have to take a look in here. Um, One of the things that we can do is let's look at their strength of schedule. I have this all entered in. I'm just working on the last little bit. Uh, where it breaks it down into full season, half seasons, and quarter seasons. Uh, so that's all I have left to do. It shouldn't take me too long. It'll, it should. It, it will definitely be out this weekend. 
Um, I was hoping, or this upcoming weekend, I was hoping to get it out done this weekend, but I just kind of fell a little bit short. So, um, let's see here. Derek Henry. Derek Henry's, I mean, really, when you look at the strength of schedule, um, you're not really going to be afraid of it because he's just going to get, he's just going to get the volume in there. And, you know, um, with the addition of Julio Jones, that's going to, it's going to keep teams from really keeping eight men or more in the box. Um, they're going to have to take. They're going to have to handle two higher end wide receivers, uh, two taller wide receivers out there. So they're going to sit back. They're going to have to sit back in more of a traditional um, defense where they're not focused primarily on the run. They'll know it's there, but. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have to account for the wide receivers. There's just no way. There's just no way you can sit them all in the box. No way. So, all right. So Tennessee Titans. Um, so we break this down based on uh, their rankings, their DVO rankings based off of total defense versus rush versus pass versus the top wide receiver versus the second wide receiver. Versus the tertiary wide receivers or the wide receiver plus. Versus tight end versus running back in a passing game. We're not really too worried about Derrick Henry at this point, so we're not going to pay attention. We're not going to pay attention to that. It's if you like, I said, if you like Derrick Henry, just fucking draft Derrick Henry. Don't worry about it. Um, versus the pass though, so this is team defense rankings. And uh, we'll do this here by each fo- by each quarter. Now realize when I'm doing this, when I'm doing quarters and halves, the second half or the first half versus the second half, it's going to be eight games in the first half, nine games in the second half because we got 17 games this year. There's just no if and uh, there's no way around it. It's an odd number of games. It sucks. But if you then when you get in the quarters it's first quarter is 4 second quarter is 4 third quarter is 4 fourth quarter is 5 games okay we're including them all so here is your defensive rankings based on the schedule for their past defenses cardinals ninth seahawks 7th colts 8th jets 28 this is all based off the numbers at the end of last year. We're going to get into more team by team, break it down, see if anything has changed with these teams. Um, then when you get, I got to set myself up here. You look at the wide receiver one in the first quarter. Cardinal again, Cardinal Seahawks, Colts, Jets, twenty, one. So the top one versus wide receiver one, eighteen. And 22. It's very good. It's a nice little start for A.J. Brown. See Julio's, so versus wide receiver 2. 23rd, 17, 8th, 29. Still not too bad. A little bit of a hiccup in there. You can deal with it, right? You get at least three out of the four weeks as being pretty good. So now we move into... The second quarter, which is going to be Jaguars, Bills, Chiefs, 
Colts again. Pass defense, DVOAs, 31st, 12, 16, and 8. So it's a little bit better than the first quarter, and that's for Ryan Tannehill. But you can probably make do in there. Uh, When we look at A.J. Brown, it's going to be 19th, 23rd, 9th, 18th. Still not a bad schedule. It's actually probably, it actually is better than his first quarter. So his whole first half, A.J. Brown, it's pretty fucking good. Pretty, pretty fucking good. Julio Jones, 5th, 3rd, 13th, and 8th. So after a pretty good first quarter, his second quarter, not nearly as great. Definitely behind A.J. Brown. Third quarter, looking at pass defenses. Here are your teams. The Rams, the Saints, the Texans, and the Patriots. Fourth, third, 29th, 18th. That's not really great for weeks 9 and week 10. We look at A.J. Brown, 13th, 11th, 31st, and 7th. So definitely a drop-off in that third quarter. So here's your trade spot right in here, right? Like when you're getting close to the end of the regular season, your trade deadline starts popping up, right? Okay. Julio, 1st, 11th, 30th, and 14th. So maybe a little bit better than his second quarter. But is that going to salvage his second half? Remains to be seen. So let's go to the last five games. Let's finish this out on the quarters. Jaguars, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, and then if you play week 18, you'd have the Texans. Okay, so... Your championship game can either be week 17 or week 18. You have to push everything back a week. You can start playoffs in week 14, um, but the last by but the last bye weeks, I believe, are all 13. Um, if I'm not mistaken, let me just do a quick look. Oh, there is a week 14. There's a week 14 bye week. So. Your playoffs would actually start in week 15, my bad. Or can start in week 15. Unless you want to push it back another week. But that's all going to be up to you. That's going to be up to your commissioner to get that figured out. All right. So we went through the passing defense. No, we did not. I didn't give you the rankings yet. 31st. This is coming off a bye. 31st. 1st. 20th, 6th, and 29th. So if you start the playoffs in week 15, 
really bad matchup right off the gate if you're playing in there. You didn't get a bye week. Uh, 20th is okay, but if you're doing your championship in week 17, probably not all that great to have Ryan Tannehill on your roster. A.J. Brown, 19th, 24th, 21st, 17th, and 31st. Pretty damn good quality matchups in there. So outside of that third quarter of work, A.J. Brown has a pretty goddamn good schedule. Okay. Bolstered by Julio. So is he worth it? Right now, with the numbers, without looking at the teams to see any type of improvements or, you know, uh, subtractions out of their out of their defenses. Looks pretty fucking good. Let's check the fourth quarter for Julio. Fifth, fourth, twelfth, seventh, and thirtieth. So if you're not playing week eighteen, that's a pretty bad stretch in there. Can he get bolstered by AJ Brown? Sure. But is that really you want to rely on your fourth your fourth round pick or even high end th- or back end third if he gets to that point. So he's either going to be your first wide receiver or your second wide receiver. And with that tough of a schedule in there. And sure, he's going to be bolstered a little bit by not not only A.J. Brown, but he's going to be bolstered by Derrick Henry. But if you're looking at the schedule, man, outside of the first four weeks where you could possibly trade him after that fourth week at the Jets, get him at his highest, you know, sell him at his highest, highest value, I don't think I'm drafting Julio Jones. To be completely honest with you. A.J. Brown? I, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. I'd like to have him sit, you know, back towards the two three turn. I think that's where he's better valued right in there. But I'll tell you what, if he slips into that third round and he starts coming back around, hell yeah, I'm taking him. Hell yeah. I am taking him. So we move on to Atlanta. Oh Atlanta. Oh Atlanta. The fuck are you doing? Oh, Atlanta, place where people go to die. Um, and good, get good chicken wings. I do have to say that I do like Atlanta. I like Atlanta a lot. But all right, now we do not have any Julio Jones. So, what's going to happen with all these other guys? Hmm. 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 Calvin Ridley. Hmm. Russell Gage, hmm. Olamides Akisis, try saying that three times fast. Kyle Pitts, the rookie sensation that's taking over the nation. Matt Ryan, what happens with Mike Davis, the only running back on Atlanta's roster? Oh, <laughs> there's still Kadri Allison and Tony Brooks James, Javian Hawkins and Caleb Huntley. My bad. My bad. 
So now we don't now we don't have a counterpart, at least a high end counterpart, for Calvin Ridley on the other side. That's concerning. And I am a very big Calvin Ridley fan. I like the player. He's very, very good. He did do well last year when Julio Jones was out. But it's all about where you're drafting them. Okay? And is Calvin Ridley now going too high in this offense? Is he going to draw more double coverages, which he can beat? But can he beat him for all 17 games? Because with Julio on the other side, it was a great distraction, just like it is now for A.J. Brown. Target share is probably going to go up stay steady because of him not being there from part of the year. But are you going to rely on Calvin Ridley being your true blue number one? We'll take a look at the ADP. We'll take a look at strength of schedule. We will see. Now, Russell Gage, I have listed in the slot. You will notice right next to him, it says 3WR. Three wide receiver. Means three wide receiver set. He's going to move into the slot, but he should be the main guy across from Calvin Ridley. Now, Russell Gage had a shitload of targets for a third straight, for basically a third option guy in a pass offense. Did that have more to do with the offense itself? Or did it have an effect because of Hayden Hurst just wasn't getting the job done at tight end? I think we may have our answer with Atlanta drafting Kyle Pitts this season. It's going to keep Hayden Hurst in a little bit more to block. Don't know why they traded for Lee Smith, to be completely honest with you. Zakesis, we'll get back to Kyle Pitts. But Zakesis should be the guy on the outside when they're three wide. He'll move up. Zakesis is a more down the field type guy, more of a you know, pop and drop type guy. Throw it down. Hope hope he fucking catches it. He's not great. Can it work out? Sure. Are we gonna Are we gonna draft him? No. I don't even know if we're drafting fucking Russell Gage. Even in the deepest bench leagues, I don't know if you're drafting Russell Gage. He was so up and down last year with Julio not being in there. I don't know if he can handle it. Now, there's another wide receiver that everybody's, you know, sitting there clamoring about, and that's Frank Darby, the rookie out of Arizona State. This is the guy that I said is the Kalen Balaj of wide receivers, because that's where Kalen Balaj came from, Arizona State. And everybody was wetting themselves about Kalen Balaj and how late a team could draft him. How did that work out? 
Not very well. Frank Darby is not that good. Frank Darby is a six-round wide receiver. So Frank Darby's off the off off the board. Don't even don't even entertain anybody who says that Frank Darby is going to secure a spot. Because that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Kyle Pitts, on the other hand, well, I think we like Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is destined to get a lot of targets. But does he get hurt because Julio's not there? You know, we talked about Kyle Pitts sliding into the slot, maybe. It's possible. It's still possible. It's damn possible. But so you'd have probably Russell Gage on the outside and then Kyle Pitts sliding out with Hayden Hurst coming up. I really like Kyle Pitts. I do believe in his talent and that he's going to be a great tight end in the NFL. The problem is, as a rookie, <laughs> the whole Lenny Melnick thing, a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. Rookie tight ends, historically, fail to deliver fantasy gold. Can Kyle Pitts be different? Sure. But if you look at his ADP, it's really outrageous. And we're going to go to that ADP first, and then we'll slide back to the strength of schedule again. This pod will probably make more sense once I have this out, so you'll be able to actually track it along in there. Um Plus, it'll be nice to actually see the full season ranking, the like the full, the full, the half, the quarter breakdowns, uh, and the rankings in there as well. Where is my ADP? There it is. All right, so we're gonna take a look here now. Can this boost up Matt Ryan? Probably not. Um. He's sitting at QB 14, pick 103. He dropped one spot. He dropped from QB 13 to QB 14, and he dropped seven slots back overall. So he's already been falling. falling. He's not going to get ahead of Ryan Tannehill. He's not going to get ahead of Joe Burrow. He's not going to get ahead of Matt Stafford. So the only way he can go is either down or just stay stabilized right there. So it's not going to have any effect on him. I really don't want Matt Ryan anymore. I have had him two years in a row. He's been fine for the most part. Has he broken my heart? Yeah, because he's a dickhole. But it kind of is what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I would not draft Matt Ryan. There's plenty of capable quarterbacks in front of him. Um, so Calvin Ridley is actually going right behind AJ Brown. He's stabilized at wide receiver six and he's stabilized as the 21st overall pick. That's been pretty stable for the last couple weeks. He jumped up from 25 to 24, 21, and then stabilized. So 
Wide receiver six overall. Oh, my God. Who's in front of him? So uh, Tyreek, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown. I would not put him in front of any of those. Um, well, maybe A.J. Brown. Maybe I can put him in front of A.J. Brown. But I can't put him in front of D.K. Metcalf, who's right behind him. There's no way. There is no fucking way. In front of Justin Jefferson? That I can see. That I would probably give to you. Justin Jefferson is in kind of a similar situation just without a trade. It's going to be a run-heavy offense there, too. So, but you're asking a rookie to really repeat what he just did, you know, his his rookie number, you know, breaking season. Can he do that again? Maybe. I would expect it to probably, you know, what do you have, 1,400 yards receiving. I would say his peak is really at 1,200 probably for his rookie season. I expect a dip. So I'd keep Calvin Ridley in front of him. So I think more wide receiver sevens probably in order. Um, I'd move DK Metcalf in front of him. Russell Gage. Let's see where Russell Gage is going. Um, Funny part is like everybody on SiriusXM has been calling Russell Gage uh, Justin Gage, and I've been laughing all fucking day about it. Some of them caught it. Some of them didn't. They're like, did I just call Russell Gage fucking Justin Gage? And they're like, yes, 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 you did. Why can't I not find him? Fuck is Russell Gage at? I really got to highlight, start highlighting these things. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come on. Where are you, you son of a bitch? There he is. There he is, wide receiver 58, pick 145. He actually did. Hmm. Somebody might have gotten Some of the people might have gotten the news last week or just banked on it because he went from overall pick 159 to overall pick 145. But he only jumped one spot from wide receiver 59 to wide receiver 58. So, I mean, back into the draft, um, I guess, if you want to take a shot on it because you don't you don't want to, you know, pay the price for, say, Calvin Ridley or um, Kyle Pitts, yeah, I think you could take a shot on Russell Gage. I, I really do think you could take a shot on Russell Gage. Um, I don't think you're going to. Can he get the target share that he had last year? That's the real question. So I think he had like 75-some-odd targets. With Kyle Pitts in there. Oh, Hayden Hurst. I mean, really, if you're taking away, you know, or using uh, the targets that opened up from... Um. You know, the departure of Julio, 
really in an injury-filled year, it's not all that great. You're, and you're splitting it between Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Oldemides Akesis, uh Kyle Pitts, and probably Hayden Hurst. So I think it's minimal. I, he's going to drop probably. I would say probably about 65, 70 targets would be his max. But, I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts here. Now, he's stabilized uh, from last week to this week. But he's tight end four, dude. Tight end four, pick 56 overall. That's fucking, that's ridiculous. That's a fifth round pick. It's a fifth round pick in a 12 man, a 12 person league. TJ Hawkinson didn't even make it to the fifth. He's in the sixth round. Mark Andrews is, is in the sixth round. Yeah, I'm going to let somebody else draft Kyle Pitts, to be completely honest with you. I don't see the reasoning behind it. Um, Now, if we go in here and we look at the strength of schedule, we'll go with not only the pass offense, so that this kind of reflects Matt Ryan. Um, We'll do wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and we'll look at the tight end. We're not going to worry about the... um, we're not going to worry about the tertiaries and Olimitis and all them. So let's take a look. So their schedule versus um, the pass defenses, okay? First quarters. First quarters. First quarter. Eagles, Buccaneers, Giants, and Douche Canoes. Douche Canoes being the Washington football team if you're just joining us. So pass defenses. 24, 5, 22, and 2. So very up and down. Very up and down. Not enough for me to really trust Matt Ryan in that spot. Calvin Ridley, 32, 6, 14, and 27. Okay, it's not too bad, Uh, especially right out of the gate against the Eagles, and they didn't do much to improve their secondary um, this whole wide receiver one business that I was on last year against Washington, that's probably changed up a little bit. They've gotten a little bit stronger in their secondary, so I don't trust that. Um, like that first week, and he can do something against the Giants, really. But let's take a look at Russell Gage, the wide receiver two. That's who we're calling the wide receiver two. Uh, 31st, 22nd, 21st, 2nd. Not too bad. Three out of the four games, not too shabby. Uh, tight end. 26, 25, 24, and 17. Now you hear those numbers and you're going, <laughs> dude, brah, brah. DFS end seasonal. We're going full bore. Kyle Pitts right out the gate. Slowly roll. Slow your roll. We saw the same thing with TJ Hawkinson his rookie year. So two years ago. And what happened? He had a good first week. Failed the whole rest of the season. So we're going to slow our roll a little bit. We're going to see what they've improved, uh, what these teams have improved, um, and try and figure out if you know he's really going to be that good right out the gate. So... But let's move on to the second quarter of games here. So you got the Jets by week, 
Dolphins, Panthers, Saints, pass defenses. 28, okay. 6, no. 23rd, yes. 3rd, maybe. Saints secondary, I don't trust. Uh, Wide receiver 1, so here's Calvin Ridley. 22nd, 17th, 12th, and 11th. So he's got two good games, two mediocre games. And those are against the Panthers and the Saints. So, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> those might be a little bit better than, than it looks. Uh, Russell Gage, 29th, 7th, 20th, and 11th. It's kind of got the same thing as Matt Ryan. It gets that fluctuation up and down, up and down. Hmm. So not that great of a second quarter. Let's look at Kyle Pitts now at tight end. 27th, 7th, 16th, and 2nd. It's not really great. Not really great. Good start in the second quarter. But we'd have to find out, really, if he keeps that up for that first five weeks. Although I would say this would be the risky proposition is drafting Kyle Pitts and then trading him. Like, if you really believe that, like, those first five weeks, he was going to be really good. You could trade him um, at the bye week or just even right after and just watch him just fucking implode. But that's that's a real risk. You know, I I get a lot of trade questions, like, the first couple weeks of the season, and I'm like, why the fuck did you draft him if you're just going to trade him? And we'll get into that. We'll get into that. That might be that might pop up as a as a uh, what you know like the Ten Commandments in the draft guide. That might pop up. I'm I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think I think some people have earned that one. <laughs> All right. So third quarter: Cowboys, Patriots, Jaguars, Buccaneers. Pass defenses: twenty-one, eighteen. 31 and 5. So Matt Ryan's going to be hitting kind of a nice stretch between weeks 8 and 17 in here. Um so I have some I have some intrigue on the old guy. They don't they don't have a fucking running game outside of Mike Davis. You have to take a look at it. Uh wide receiver one so Calvin Ridley, 25th, 7th. And that's the Patriots one. 19th and six gets kind of sloppy in there. Gets kind of sloppy in there. Russell Gage, thirty second, fourteenth, fifth, and twenty second. Meh. Like that thirty second and twenty second, but whether or not you can hold them on your roster is another thing. Let's go back to Kyle Pitts, twenty ninth, ninth, thirtieth, and twenty fifth. Okay, this is this is not validating my argument whatsoever. This is kind of going against it. Still telling you he's going way too high. We'll finish out the last quarter, the fourth quarter here. It's going to be Panthers, 49ers, Lions, Bills, and Saints. So we look at Matt Ryan again. 23rd, 20th, 32nd, 12th, and 3rd. So not really a guy you want in your championship, but you got to make it to the chip. So 
It's not too bad. Not too bad at all. Matt Ryan in two quarterback and super flex is going to be just fine. But it's whether or not you can trust him as a streaming quarterback that intrigues me. Hmm. I have to get more in-depth than this. Uh, let's see. Calvin Ridley. 12th, 21st, 30th, 23rd, and 11th. It's not bad. Especially if you're just doing the three-week, the 15th, 16th, and 17th week. That's a pretty good fucking schedule. So if you could ride through the lows as well as the highs... Calvin Ridley might be worth it, my friends. Might be worth it. Uh, Russell Gage here. 20th, 12th, 28th, 3rd, and 11th. Oof. Buccaneers and Panthers. are. God, you'd have Buccaneers and Panthers right in there. Yeah, he's probably not worth keeping on your roster. Not at all. I wouldn't even worry about it. He'd be a more of a streaming option at that point. Kyle Pitts, 16th, 11th, 21st, 13th, and 2nd. So it does get rather hard in there. So if you did take Kyle Pitts, God, you'd have to write it out. You'd probably have to write it out. You'd have two trade opportunities. You'd have it week 6 and 7, and then you'd have to get rid of him by the end of the probably before or after week 13 it depends on when your trade deadline is yeah it doesn't really validate my argument that's the problem that's really a problem but like i said if you look at the adp like i said a fifth round pick as a rookie it's it's just too high it's too high We'll play him in DFS. We'll play him at DFS. We'll try him out. We'll see what happens there. But like I said, I to be completely honest with you, I wouldn't trust it at all. I wouldn't trust it with your team. That's how bad. That's how much I don't like it. But uh, shit, 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 shit. And I can't believe I spent almost an hour talking about this horse shit, but I did it. And we're gonna move on. We'll have some talking points later this week. I'm hoping to get two more podcasts out. We'll go back to the traditional three. Who knows? I might just do four fucking more. Who the fuck knows? Even I don't know. And it's my goddamn podcast. Talk to you guys later.